Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 25 of Season 2 of the Toward Light Podcast. Continuing with this theme of identity from last episode, I want to talk about some ways where we can let go of these labels of identity. For a reminder, I'm defining identity as any category we can be labeled in, such as financial status, race, sexual orientation, relational identities, mental health, religion, astrological signs, whatever, any label that we give to ourselves or others give to us to identify us, that is an identity. We're talking about this relative and ultimate truth. The relative truth is the truth we're living in our life, the identities, the cultures, the people we interact with. The ultimate truth are these big capital T truths, like the truth of Anicca, impermanence, the truth of dukkha, difficulty, and the truth of anatta, which is not-self. And so today I want to talk about some identities where maybe we can tap into this feeling of not-self a little bit. Maybe we can see if we can let go these labels or redefine them or open them up in some way going to talk about three categories of identity where we want to be really careful about how we hold them. Relational identities, mental health, and religion. Relational identities are any identity based on our relation to others. So they can include parent, child, partner, spouse, friend, best friend, boss, employee, student, teacher, any way that we identify ourselves in relationship to other people, that is a relational identity. Anatta, this idea of not-self, this idea that we are conditioned beings, so we are forever changing, means that if we are defining ourselves in relationship to another ever-changing being, We need to be really careful about how we hold that label. We need to be really careful about how we hold that identity because it is in flux. A parent to a three-month-old needs to do different things than a parent to a three-year-old or a 13-year-old or a 33-year-old, right? So yes, they continue to use that label of parent because that culturally is the easiest thing to do. Again, in the relational world, we don't want to say, well, I'm an ever-changing being who shares DNA with this ever-changing being. It's just easier to say, I'm their mother, right? But what that word means, what that word parent means, changes all the time. And so if we see that as a fixed thing, we can get into trouble. If you try and treat treat a 13-year-old like a three-year-old, they are not going to be happy about that. can think about it in terms of friendships. 
friendships end all the time, romantic relationships end all the time. So if we're holding on to one of these identities as this fixed label that helps us understand who we are in the world, we're going to be disappointed. That is going to change. Anicca, everything changes. So how do we live with this? Because we still are going to be a parent or a boss or a student or whatever. We see if we can release some grip on what that identity means to us. We can see how tightly we're holding it. I've had friendships where it's been very close and intense and we've spent a lot of time together and posted a lot of pictures on social media. And so there's both my experience of the friendship, the other person's experience of the friendship, and then people in our social circles, their view of the friendship. And then when that friendship has changed, when I'm no longer in contact with that person, or I don't see them as frequently, or I move away, or whatever, I've had people in my outer circle or people who've seen that friendship on social media be very concerned or they kind of, it's like they gave me the identity of being a friend with that person. And if I'm not a friend with that person in the same way, then I'm different or something's wrong. Have you ever had this experience? It's just something to look at. Like, how do we see our relationships as defining who we are? How do others see them? How do we see other people's relationships? How many times have you heard someone say, oh, I thought they were so happy. I can't believe they're getting divorced. We don't know. We don't know. Everything is uncertain. So we need to own these identities Because again, we're living in a relative world and we need to have some space around them. We need to see our capacity for being both with and without those relationships, with and without those identities. The next identity category I want to talk about is mental health. I want to be very clear. I am not dismissing mental health issues. I experience periods of depression and anxiety. I'm in addiction recovery. I have a trauma history. I'm speaking from my lived and personal experience. Mental health labels can be useful in terms of treatment and tools. If you don't know the illness, then you can't know the cure. So if I know that I'm experiencing low mood, difficulty sleeping, difficulty with my eating, sad thoughts, lack of interest in activities, et cetera, et cetera, I know I meet the criteria for experiencing a depressive episode. So then I know what to do. Oh, maybe it's medication. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's exercise. Maybe it's therapy, whatever. The label is important to help us on the right healing path. And what I've watched with myself is that if I get too identified with the label, 
then I get too identified with myself as either a sick person or a patient or a victim. So I need to know what's going on. I need to know my mental health status in whatever labeling works for me. And then I need to know what to do about it. And I need to know where to get help or who to ask for help from. But I don't need to live in that label. I don't know if you noticed, I didn't say I have depression or I am depressed. I said I experience depressive episodes or I experience depression. Changing my language around this has been really helpful for me. I have a trauma history. I am not traumatized. So I honor what's happened to me. I honor my mental chemistry. I honor what's happening in my experience. But I do not become that thing. That is just one piece of what's going on with me. Yes, I'm experiencing a depressive episode and I have indigestion, and I'm listening to music, and, 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 right? Like, never one thing is happening in our system. And so, broadening our experience around our mental health can help us to not get trapped. Again, this is my experience. This is what I found is letting go of those labels or giving myself some space from them, I experience anxiety, not I am anxious, has helped me to find the moments where this is not happening. I know I've talked about this before. In the third foundation of mindfulness, we notice the presence and absence of the defilements. We notice the presence of things that are difficult, but we also notice their absence. So if we say, I am an anxious person, we are saying we are that all the time. And that is not true. That is not true. And so saying, I experience anxiety, allows us to have the space to notice when we don't. The final identity I want to talk about today that we can honor and look at while also letting go is religion. When I found my way to Theravada Buddhism, I was pretty lost. It was interesting because my life externally was pretty good, but spiritually there was sort of a emptiness. And what I was doing, the practices I was doing weren't cutting it. So when I found Theravada Buddhism, I fell in real deep, real quick, really loved it. Sat a bunch of retreat pretty quickly, got really into it. And that's beautiful and great. And and I wrestled for many years with w- other things in my life that I didn't know how to sort of like shove in to being a good early Buddhist. And when I started to let go, when I started to say that Buddhism is my root teaching, but it's not all I am, or I stopped identifying myself as a Buddhist and said I practice Buddhism. I was able to offer myself a lot more grace and and also with other people. In terms of my teaching, I hope I'm making this clear, but I want 
anyone to be able to access these teachings regardless of what their religious affiliation is. And I know many of you have roots in Christianity or Judaism or other things and still get benefits from these teachings. That That's how I want to treat religion or spiritual teachings. We live in this amazing time where we have access to everything. Even 200 years ago, we would just practice the religion that our family and our town or village practiced. We wouldn't have the access that we have now. So now that we have all these options, it can be daunting at times, but it also can allow us to open up our hearts and minds. It can allow us to not need the labels so deeply. It can allow us to explore whatever teachings most resonate with us, with our experience. I notice sometimes with Theravada Buddhism that because it has such monastic roots and the way that it's come to the U.S. is sometimes it's, I can have some sort of dissonance with it or it can be difficult for me to understand my householder married life in that context. And when I opened up a little bit, those doubts and that struggle sort of faded away. And I was able to notice, oh, this is the teaching that's resonating with me. This is what I'm going to practice. I don't have to do this perfectly. And we can see what harm religion causes, right? In different cultures and countries, there can be serious discrimination based on religion. There can be this idea of we are the right ones or the chosen ones or whatever, and it causes a lot of harm. So it's very important for us all to look at how tightly we're holding religion, religious beliefs, beliefs that's an idea How tightly are we holding that? And what can we let go of? How can we bring some spaciousness? How can we bring some acceptance? Well, I've just talked about relational identities, mental health, and religion today. Know that there are many, many identity categories that we hold on to that we can let go of, that we can see are more of a trap. So I mentioned this last week, but I'll recommend it again, is to write out many of your core identities that either how you identify yourself or how others identify for you. And in your culture, which of those identities are target identities and which of those you have privilege in. And noticing where you can do some letting go, where you need to acknowledge the identity more clearly and what you can learn about your experience in the world through this. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.